Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday night. It's time for 10 dozen minutes of the Jake and Mr. Skullhead show. I'm Mr. Skullhead. Uh, it's January 16th, by the way. Did I say that? I feel like I didn't say that. Let me just say it again. It's January 16th, and it's time for 10 dozen minutes with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. And uh, after one beer, Mr. Skullhead gets so hard to say, I really should have kept something snappy and snazzy like Jick, or Jock, or Jork. But uh, anyway, uh, let's give Jick a call and see if he's sleeping dreaming. Mr. Skullhead. Hello, how was your pee? Oh, it was great. Great? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the, the sink is just, it's exactly the right shape, size, and temperature for me to pee in. I see. What temperature usually are things that you pee in? Uh, they're usually too cold. Huh. Did Oh, I forgot, because you have such a big dick that whatever you're peeing in is inevitably going to have your dick on it. Yeah, yeah, and it, the sink just makes it so easy to just sort of coil it up with the head of it pointed at the drain. Sure. Yeah, works out perfectly. Did you pee before the show? I did. I think I'm, I'm well prepared. I went ahead and peed in the toilet. You know, I'm, what? I'm, all, I'm domesticated now. You don't care about our mother, the earth. Hmm. Do you know how much water I save in a year by uh, by peeing in the sink, Mr. Skullhead? So uh, probably you... almost enough to make up for a single one of the probably 40 or 50 sprinkler heads that I'm, uh, that I'm responsible for using. <laughs> you know, what you should do is get some piercings on your penis, and then it would be kind of a sprinkler head in, in and of itself. Ooh, so every time I had to pee, I could just uh, not even waste the tiny amount of water that it takes to pee in the sink. I could just run around my lawn naked, peeing all over all of the uh, the grass and the bougainvillea. See, I was figuring you'd want to play it kind of subtle, because the neighborhood you're in is fairly conservative. So what, what you want to do is dig, like, a tunnel from inside your house to the yard, and okay. then a place for you to lie down with a hole for you to stick your junk through that sticks up into the yard. So then people will just think, oh, he, he just has a, a pink sprinkler. Right. Or, in your case, a black sprinkler, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, charred, charred, ruined black sprinkler. Are, uh, are you not concerned, though, that some large bird would mistake uh, my member for a worm poking out of the ground? I, I don't think that you get up early enough in the morning to worry about that. Oh, really? I'm, I'm up past the bar. I You know, I actually slept over long today i was only woken up by a phone call from you oh right right yeah um not not in exactly not enough time to answer it but in exactly enough time to pop in a chat and say hello to you right well and I, also hello yeah. to uh, the the word fart repeated a thousand times i i never actually saw any of the nonsense that was going on today uh, this, so i don't know what it consisted of it was a link a link that i was afraid to click but oh, you know, just a link over and over and over again uh, you know, you could have, uh, if you had a Macintosh, you wouldn't be afraid to click any link, because uh, if the link was to some software, it just wouldn't run. Yep. And they never break. That's true. Uh, how you been, Mr. Skullhead? i am suddenly got this burst of energy before this show. I wonder how long that'll last. Yeah, me too. Like, uh, 20 minutes ago, I was lying in bed with my eyes closed, going, God, I just don't know if I can even do this tonight. Because uh, Ali's godmother came and picked him up and took him out for, like, going to an indoor park and out to dinner. So me and the missus decided to just make a quick, like, date night of it and went and had a really delicious dinner and some drinks and a big old dessert. And so I just got home and, you know, had an orgasm and was just not ready to move. But now, now I'm feeling it. 
I'm ready. And now you're now you're Logie. Yeah, but I, I've I'm done. My my post orgasmic chill is done. Okay. Um, I always want to just go like clean the garage. After you after you come. Yes. Huh. Well, if it's not if it's not at bedtime. Right. Like I I cannot leave the scene fast enough. If it is if it is during the day and not a time when I can just lay there and fall asleep immediately. Gotcha. You know, if I wasn't tired to begin with? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. That, that's the difference between men and women, Mr. Skelet. You, all you wanted to do was cuddle. Right. And all you wanted to do was escape? Yeah. Well, escape to, to some sort of work in a, productive, uh, in a productive man cave. Or some productive work in a man cave. Right. I hear you know, that, what I, I got to do, do yesterday, of speaking work. of my productive man cave... Oh, go ahead. I hear you do some of your best work in man caves. That's, that's true. Uh, I got to use a whole bunch of tools, and uh, I, I finally, all of the people who told me uh, cordless tools are going to be inadequate to your needs one day, uh, they were right. Yeah. Tell their sister they were right. So I went and bought a $30 drill uh, so that I would have a drill that actually plugged in uh, to, to electricity. Yeah, because I think, you know, those batteries don't last forever in the cordless things. Yeah. I think especially when you leave one on a charger for like six months, I think it just sort of ruins it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I found with all of mine. That I had a whole, the whole set of cordless tools that you get. But and even when I bought new batteries, they still were just kind of made of shit. So I got maybe two years of use out of it, and I'm just slowly replacing them with corded ones and a really long extension cord. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird how much cheaper they are too. The the good old corded ones. Yeah. Um, I had found. Uh, that uh, the circular saw that came with the cordless uh, thing was good for cutting like a single cut, uh-huh. uh, but when it but when it came time to actually do anything, uh, I, I just had to go get a get a real one. Even cutting like a sheet of plywood across like four feet, right? Yeah. The, the the cordless one would have just run out of juice by the time that single cut was made. Um, but yeah, so so uh, we had we had uh, subverted the man by buying a uh, refillable uh, CO two tank and a fitting to connect it to the water carbonator thing, so that instead of using the canisters that come with the thing that cost like fifteen bucks for a pound of of CO two, and you have to mail them in and uh-huh. get refilled ones mailed to you, uh, sort of just like subscribing to your to your bubbles. Uh, Got a got just like a you know like a tank like you get for a keg or whatever. Fill that up for you know one fiftieth the cost. Um, but it was un it was unwieldy. Uh, so I, I built a little platform uh, with a with a gouge or like not a gouge. Some holes drilled in it so that the hose could go underneath the bottom of the carbonator and into it. And then okay. some uh, like a little frame to to balance the tank in so that it's not just rattling around on the kitchen counter. And that was pretty good. But my drill, my drill failed me. I got one of those, uh, I actually had one of those, like the kind of drill that you, the bit that you use to drill a hole in a door to put a doorknob in it. You know, oh, that yeah, sort man. of like inch and a half circle with the pilot yeah. drill in the middle of it. Uh, that was unable to, I was unable to use that to drill a single hole in a single piece of wood, you know, that was maybe three quarters of an inch thick without the battery running down. Yeah. I mean the the drill and the and the circular saw are the ones that use up the battery the fastest. Yeah, and, and it's weird. I don't remember having the most. you know. I mean, you could use that thing to put in two hundred screws before it uh, before it runs out of juice. But I guess you know the 
higher speed, the higher resistance of a good old mandrill. You know, a mandrill. Using it, <laughs> You're using using it on one of those big-nosed baboons. With the uh, giant red butt cheeks. Yeah. And I also used a chainsaw. Hey. That's what... I uh, I remember how excited I was when that big, uh, big limb fell off of the tree in the apartment complex behind the office. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that wood. And you know what? If I'm going to do anything with that wood, I'm going to need to get a chainsaw. Didn't you end up getting an electric chainsaw? Though? Yeah, it's a it's a pussy electric chainsaw. But you know what? It works for my purposes. I had to cut down some uh, ficuses that died last winter right. um, on the front of my house. One of them mostly came back. One of them kind of came back. But the other one, I was like, I'm cutting you down and setting you on fire. Hmm. I'm going to pretend that you are uh, the quests in the Kingdom of Loathing, and I'm going to cut you down and set you on fire. And in your place... Uh, eventually something new will emerge. <laughs> um, so then I had a fire, uh, and I, I broke up a lot of, uh, a lot of br- dead branches and, and twigs and stuff, and so now my hands are sort of a shredded mess. But today you are a man. Uh, you know, I noticed them being a shredded mess because, uh, what I also did was I, uh, I, I, I quote-unquote fixed a faucet that was downstairs by, uh, soaking the aerator parts in vinegar to, uh... uh yes. Clear, clear off all the crust that was on them. Um, I thought I had some CLR, but it turns out I didn't have any CLR. I should probably get some of that CLR stuff, because that's a lot more effective. Uh, but I got the vinegar all over my hands, and uh, <laughs> pouring vinegar in a bunch of little cuts sort of sucks. Yeah, usually I learn exactly how many cuts I have on my hands when I'm doing something that requires lemon juice, or yeah, I can't, what I'm going to do today is like sand and cut and shape and paint and hammer and then I'm going to make, like, margaritas with fresh lime juice. And, yeah, it's it's handy. You know exactly where every cut is. Yeah, it's good. So if, you, if your goal was to identify the cuts and maybe put a styptic on them. Yeah. That was, uh, that's boy. a surprisingly painful thing. It, have you used a styptic pencil? I haven't. It's, so, like, it's great when you cut yourself shaving. You know how that kind of bleeds for days? So you just take this thing that's like a stick of chalk, and you get it a little bit wet, and you touch it on the wound, and the f- stinging fire of a thousand scorpion whips infuses the wound for a couple of merciless seconds, but then it just completely stops bleeding. Hey, nice. It's, and it's worth it. Like, it sucks so bad, but it's so worth it to not have to walk around with, like, tissue paper on your face all day yeah you know i i welcome the sort of the sort of bracing full face sting of the of the rubbing alcohol that i use in lieu of aftershave you know i I do the macaulay culkin voice it's funny yeah i have a i in the mirror though at least my penis is slightly larger than macaulay culkin's was during that scene Mm -hmm. only slightly because i think he had an erection so you use the rubbing alcohol on your balls after you shave them yes okay uh, you know what? Uh, shaving, uh, shaving my uh, my genital area with a razor blade is a mistake that I won't use uh, that I won't make twice. I see. I made it once and then had to. Uh, I had to take a day off work because of the razor burn. Oh yeah. Like I had to call in sick because I could not move without <laughs> just agony <laughs> if I was wearing anything like underwear. Gotcha. That was awful. And what was I even thinking? I don't know, man. So do you? So if you're gonna shave the balls down, you use an electric on that? Uh, well, no, I don't usually. Uh, 
I so I, I will trim them with like uh, usually with like a roommate's beard trimmer, right? Um, and then the the actual balls, uh, I I just go after the errant hairs with a pair of scissors. Oh, I see. I, I only want them shorter. I don't want them gone. I you like know, to remind myself that these are not a little girl's balls. These are a man's balls. Right. And you want so people to still be able to have you by the short hairs. That's, yeah, that's true. The shorter, the shorter hairs than average. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I cut some trees down and then burned them. Uh, that's probably against the rules or law or the rule of law. <laughs> or it's a violation law. of the social contract. Flinging, uh, uh, flinging burning leaves into all of my neighbors' dried-out yards. You aren't getting a lot of snow there, are you? No, not not too much. Yeah, we're, we're not either. I uh, I went up into the mountains the other day, uh, the other day like last weekend, and I saw a little bit of snow. I drove out to I drove out to that sort of remote little. Uh, I don't know that you would call it a suburb or even a subdivision. More like a, I guess, kind of a mining camp. <laughs> Uh, out at out at Ponderosa Park there, and there was some snow on the ground up there, but none on the road. None you could really play in. Eh, it's okay. I saw enough snow when we were hiking around Rainier that I don't feel the need to seek out any snow this year. Right. One of these days it'll snow in Minnesota in the goddamned winter. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're complaining about it when it does. You're all excited until you have to shovel it once, and then you're like, "Fuck well, shovel." It is weird though. It throws you off because. Minnesota has a winter city and a summer city, kind of. And right now it's in the fall-slash-spring city, which is no pretty greenery and no pretty snow, so it just kind of looks like shit. Mm. Once the rapture comes, it'll be a paradise city. Yeah. Well, the the girls are pretty, and the grass... Mm -hmm. There is still grass on the field, so we can play ball with them. (laughs) Uh, What else are you going to do, really? Yeah. During that refractory period, you might as well, might as well play some handball or some racquetball. Right. Oh, so I started playing Bastion this week. Finally. Oh yeah. Did you did you play it in the Chrome store or did you get it on the Xbox or what? I got it on Steam. Okay. I'm kind of wishing I got it on the Xbox now so that I could play it. Like I think I'm more likely to play a game on the Xbox. It's just easier to not feel like I ought to be working. <laughs> But uh, sure, I don't know. I, I got about an hour in last night, and Jesus, that's good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I uh, I don't remember how far I got into it. I, I I was urged by several people whose opinions I trust to to play it to completion, but I just didn't get around to it. Yeah. Um, I gotta say though that I, in thinking about it, I found the combat to be a little boring. Like there were only like three enemies. Hmm. You know, at the at the end of the day, and, and and I'm sure there are games that I like that have a similar uh, degree of of monotony as far as that goes. But did you did you get to any of the optional weapon challenge things? I've been playing the bow challenge, trying to get there, trying to get the number one spot on that. Yeah. I like the way um, the weapons work. I mean, for combat, for me, it's it's set up decently well for me to just flail and heal. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're adjusting on the fly to how badly I suck at video games. So oh, that could be. I've noticed how, like, after getting the shit beat out of me a bunch, they will throw a healing potion at me, and a couple of the bad guys will turn to my side. Oh, okay. Which, 
it's a little patronizing, but at the same time, I'm glad that I can keep going. It's not as patronizing as Super Mario 3D Land, where it just pops up a giant golden thing. It's like, oh, here's this power-up right next to you when you start this level that makes you... It's like a combination Tanuki suit and permanent invincibility star. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, I think the only way that you can die when you have that is by falling off of the world, and even then, I think it might just put you back on the world. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the I like the narration. I like the, the first voice. time I fell off the world, they dropped me back on, and the narrator said, "Kid, ought to watch a step." Yeah, the, the, it's really good voice acting. Yep. They just found one good voice actor and had him be the only one that ever talked. That works for me. Yeah, it's like you you, you picture a Lee Scoresby. Yeah, he. I kept saying he makes Sam Elliott sound like Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, I, even, I mean, I, even they more. have to have been evoking Sam Elliott. Do you think that Sam Elliott is just like the the perfect avatar of like a category of person or character, or do you think that like Sam Elliott was just so so beautiful and new when he arrived on the scene, and yet so so obviously just fundamental? You know, it's just like one of those things where you hear a song and you're like, you know, this song this song was discovered. This song was not written. Like this was this song was part of the nature of the universe. Do you think that Sam Elliott, being Sam Elliott with his mustache and, and his drawl, was just in the cards when the Big Bang happened? Yeah, and Sam I think Elliott so. just happened to discover that that archetype? I think there is all I think that that's been a type. And he is exemplary of that type. Do you, who else who else has been that type? Uh you know, like Wilford Brimley back in the day. Okay. Was definitely that guy. I guess Mark Twain with a yeah. little bit. Well, I don't. I, I, it's hard for me to characterize Mark Twain as less homespun than someone because I think that homespun is a word that they invented to describe Mark Twain. Right. Uh, but he was a little less uh, maybe maybe adventurous, right? Like he he didn't have the opening of the West vibe that Sam Elliott does. Yeah, and um, I think that the. The stranger in Bastion is modeled after Mark Twain, though. You think? He has the white suit and the mustache and the white hair. It's very, hmm. very Twainy. I, I don't know. Are there recordings of Mark Twain's voice? Like, is that a stupid question? I don't even know. Because it would be, it would be kind of funny if he like, he was like, in the jumping frog of Calaveras County. Yeah, it would be. It would be. <laughs> he, he sounds like. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Keith Carradine. Um, Tom Sawyer. Wait, Keith Carradine and Tom Sawyer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, he died a hundred years ago uh, recently, right? <laughs> he died a hundred years ago recently? Well, no, the, the, the centennial of his death was, was within the last year. Right, because there, he published that he, that autobiography. He instructed them not to publish it until a hundred years after he died. Um, and you know what's amazing is that that was honored, because it couldn't have been. You know, it, by definition, it could not have been honored by a person. Right. Like it makes me it makes me happy that like somebody's somebody's legacy was appreciated and and uh, and done justice to that extent. Um, you know, might have been it might have been kept in a family or whatever. I guess. You know, I can imagine. If I found something that was like, oh, this turned out to be a thing that my great-grandfather wanted, I would be like, okay, I will do that. So I'm seeing that the only 
there are recordings of a Mark Twain impersonator who knew Mark Twain personally, but not of Mark Twain that I can find. They were saying that Edison probably recorded him, but nobody has it. Right, he just kept that in his private stash of wax cylinders to masturbate to. Exactly. Although it might have accidentally gotten dropped into the wax cylinders to masturbate on, and uh, so, uh, the yeah, the, the, the sound got a lot stickier after that. Hey, he left till 1910, for God's sake. Couldn't they have put him gotten him next to a Victrola? I don't know. When did, uh, when did you start being able to really regularly record things like that? Because I almost feel like, well, no, that isn't true. It, I think there was an alarmingly short period of time between, like, the existence of a record and, like, radio being a thing. Huh. Right? But I could be wrong about that. Like, 1878 was the, was the wax cylinder. Huh. Well, so that was a good that was a good amount of time. That was like twenty two the last twenty two years of his life he could have been recorded. Maybe he was averse to all that newfangled technology as it was then. He didn't want them stealing his soul. Oh, speaking of uh recording on a wax cylinder, I uh there's a they might be giant show, so I'm gonna have to miss a Monday show on the thirtieth of January. Yeah. As right. I gotta drive down to Tucson to see they might be giants. Because no bands play in Phoenix anymore, Mr. Skullhead. No, because they closed all the venues. Yeah, I, I don't really I don't really get what happened there. I it, it actually I don't know what the story is, right? All of the venues at which a they might be giants or a ween level of, of popular band would play just don't exist, I guess, or the only venues that are that size are so unfavorable to play at that everyone just elects to play at the Rialto in Tucson instead. Yeah, I I think we established that every venue in Phoenix that we have seen They Might Be Giants is not there anymore. Yeah, was there more than one? I remember seeing them at the Cajun House a number of times. And and the Cajun House. Sure, and the You know, I think what it was was every place that I had seen a band live for a while was gone. Yeah, Nita's Nita's Hideaway and, and all that. Um... But, you know, there have got to be venues of that size. Because I was thinking about this. Like, Joanna Newsom played, and she does not... She is certainly not, like, a bigger act than They Might Be Giants, I don't think. But she played at Symphony Hall, which I think she's got the kind of act that you can get away with playing at Symphony Hall. Right. The They Might Be Giants guys, they're fans, they want to move their feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to sit down and listen to a show. I've only been to one concert for a band that usually is a stand-up band in a in a like theater and it was really strange everybody ended up standing up anyway yeah i think i saw david Byrne in a theater that had seats and so everybody was just standing up in the seats it's always weird though like i hate being i hate being in a crowd that's seated and then watching the just sort of awkward spread of the standing up because eventually it gets to this critical mass where everybody has to stand up or everyone who's sitting down just can't see yeah but like the, the false starts where a couple people stand up and they're like, yeah, bobbing back and forth and clapping their hands or whatever, and then nobody else does it, so they just sit down. <laughs> I usually have the... or In that one concert, there were just people who didn't give a fuck what was happening around them and were determined to stand up, so there wasn't any awkwardness, at least on their part. I mean, I didn't give any... I didn't give a fuck what was happening around me, which was why I spent the entire time just farting as much as I could. Yeah. At that concert, there were also... Uh, there was a group of three people who were completely hammered and started, like, lit up cigarettes and started smoking. 
there in the balcony of the of this big theater where they put on Broadway shows and shit and ended up having to be taken out taken out I have to admit that I I did that at a few shows uh, when I was younger and smoked well but they were usually in like I I would do that at like right it's illegal to smoke in any business in Minnesota oh well sure but this was what in places where you weren't supposed to smoke yeah I mean like at the, uh, the the shows at the state fair, like if you, I, I was in groups of people who were just sitting way the fuck up in the bleachers, further back than anyone cared, you know. And it's like, all right, I'm I'm drunk enough to smoke some cigarettes up here, because I'm far enough away from anyone that would complain that nobody will complain and whatever. We also used to smoke in the movie theater after uh, after hours. Huh. That was kind of awesome because you could blow smoke up and then watch it go into the beam of the projector. Yeah, shift around. Yeah, it was pretty. Pretend beautiful. it was the 1960s. Yeah, when there were ashtrays in the back of the seats, like they belong. The uh, I didn't go by the movie theater that I used to work at, but the other theater has been turned into some sort of, I guess, like a welfare office. Huh. Which I don't know what they're doing with all that space. Like, what can you open in an area? Like, you have a building that is like. A movie theater lobby and then some movie theater auditoriums. Like, what the fuck else can you put in that building without a serious remodel? Yeah. Didn't one of them, the one downtown, turn into a bank? I think. And the, uh, that's the, the one, one I'm talking. That's oh, the one okay. I'm talking about. That is that is some kind of welfare or IRS. I think it's, I think it might be a welfare a welfare division office. But because you couldn't even really put cubicles in there because the floor's not level. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Who knows? Know. It was weird when those things closed down, because they like they were shitty theaters, but they were our shitty theaters. Yeah, I mean they were the only theaters that there were. Yeah, it it is weird the extent to which they like that theater chain just sat and watched its lunch get eaten by basically whatever other theater was willing to build a theater somewhere. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it's like this economy of scale thing where this company couldn't hope to have the same just sort of quality of of presentation as a new you know like when the the hundredth instance of Harkins theaters opened there they were just going to be a better theater for the same level of risk than a theater could have possibly been for Warrenburg theaters yeah uh, you know I, like the, I'm pretty sure that the theater that I worked in the sound system was a single speaker they there was not even stereo sound there were i remember there being at least two. Oh yeah and they did a they did that overhaul remember when they changed the theme song and everything they they actually put speakers in the back and that was a huge thing mm. suddenly you could hear shit that was behind you oh those were the days hey kids remember when when theaters just had a like gently sloping floor and all of the seats were kind of in aisles and so a tall person could like completely block your view no, you don't remember that? I didn't think so. I still have to avoid sitting behind people. Uh, well, I don't I don't care to uh, avoid sitting in front of people because fuck them, they can move. Gotcha. Uh, but I don't like sitting behind people because I always end up fidgeting so much that I, I just, I know that I'm going to upset the person in front of me no matter how patient they are. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I usually like, I'll often like take off my shoes and prop my feet up on the seat in front of me. 
which that's especially annoying if there's a person in that seat. <laughs> right. Like if it turns out, I do that, and then like the short person who I didn't see, who I didn't know was sitting in that seat, is like, "What the fuck? Get your gross ass feet out of the space right above my head." If I have an idea, they're gonna make my light bulb smell bad. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were there, and no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sorry. There's plenty of other seats. Ah. Um. What have you been up to? Let's see. We uh, watched the the Bastion, playing the Bastion, and watching movies. You 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 played a video game and watched yourself play it. I did. I watched. You watched as its I events it. unfold. Because if I wasn't watching it while I was playing it, I wouldn't know what it was about. Well, I mean, you could I can't be just rely on that guy. It would just be a really confusing story. Then the kid fell off of something again. Then the kid swung his weapon around, and a lot of things that weren't there. <laughs> We watched Take um, Me Home Tonight, which was pretty good. You watched what? A movie on Netflix streaming called Take Me Home Tonight. Okay. Set in the 80s. Had uh, Topher Grace was the lead. Okay. And uh, Anna Ferris was in there. That's good stuff. A solid, like, I, I, I think that having things on streaming and on Redbox, you're just so much more inclined to be kind to them. Because it's not like... I got out of the house and I paid a whole bunch of money to go see this and I went through all this effort thing. This pretty much just appeared at my home and, you know, it was pretty entertaining. It was kind of funny and, that, that, damn it, that's good enough. I also saw oh, good. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That was funny. Really? I saw a preview for that uh, at that little independent theater that closed down after I went there twice. Right. I don't um, think I would have liked it in the theater. You don't? Yeah, it's not a theater movie. It's like a watch on VHS kind of thing. Okay. Uh, is it a, like something like a hobo with a shotgun? No, it, like it was really it was silly and funny. But you know, I guess like a trifle, you know, like something that's perfect to watch on Netflix streaming, I guess. Okay. But, um, so. did you see Hobo with a Shotgun? No, I figured I knew everything I needed to know about it from the trailer. I uh, did not realize it, that uh, until I saw a poster for it. Like, I was sitting doing something else while my girlfriend watched it, so I heard just a lot of, like, sort of people yelling at each other and a lot of, you know, violent fights and stuff. Uh, and then I saw a poster for it and realized that Dolph Lundgren was the lead. Isn't it Rutger Hauer? Maybe it's Rutger Hauer. I always get Dolph Lundgren and Rutger Hauer confused. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, now I feel foolish. Oh, it is Rutger Hauer. Damn. You know, he, uh, he ad-libbed his entire speech about the things that he's seen in the back alleys. All right. Things that you people without shotguns wouldn't believe. No, oh, that scene where boy. he broke Dolph Lundgren's fingers. Yeah. Who do you think would win in a fight between Dolph Lundgren and Rutger Hauer? I'm not sure what shape Dolph Lundgren's in now. I haven't seen him in a while. You yeah. didn't see the Expendables. Usually we hang out, but yeah. No, the Expendables. Was it? You know. Should I? I thought you said it was dumb. It was. I mean, it was. It was as dumb as every action movie that starred any of those guys ever. Okay. So not necessarily um, a pan to say that it's dumb. No. Well, no. I mean, it, it, I don't know that I. I would not probably pay to see it. I did, uh, because I saw it in the theater. I think that was during that day where we saw, like, five movies in one day. 
Uh-huh. So I saw Pred- Predators and Avatar The Last Airbender. Predator. A lot of quality being tossed around that day. Predator The Last Airbender. A Predator is in the top half of a Predator in the back half of a horse. Of Pat Benatar. <laughs> oh man, that Predator's got a sweet ass. How would you even know? Like, she didn't ever dress like a lady, really. So if you had a if you had a predator with the bottom half of Pat Benatar, that would just kind of be like a regular predator, right? Except for the clothes, right? Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of what kind of pants a predator wears. Usually, uh, short shorts with a hole in the pocket. Okay. Well, a sexual <laughs> predator. Okay. Um. Oh boy. Um. I there was something else that I wanted to talk to you about something that I looked at or saw but I don't remember what it was Mr. Skullhead cool story bro I know um have you have you become a brony yet I haven't I haven't uh, taken that leap I watched a single episode of Doctor Who which is now did one you? more episodes of Doctor Who than I've seen mm-hmm. and how did, uh, how did it make you feel and I didn't much care for it I have to be honest. But, so I watched the first of the 2005 reboot, the Christopher Eccleston Doctor Who. Yeah, that is also the only episode of Doctor Who that I have ever seen, and I... uh, uh, It was... I think I saw it after it had already, like, taken off and gotten this big renewed interest that it's got in our circles. Uh And after watching it, I was like, fucking seriously, that is the thing that everybody is talking about? Yeah. I was sad when we started it to see that it's filmed on or shot on video so it looks like either a soap opera from the 80s or one of the early next generation episodes okay but and then uh, you know like cheesy special effects don't particularly bother me but it was just kind of like grating and weird it was and, the, and the ugly, silliness of it shot. is not a thing that I that I wanted but then I posted on Facebook, like, hey, I just watched the first Doctor Who, and uh, is this really what we're going on about, you guys? Seriously? And then everybody in the world said, oh, no, you have to keep watching. You just have to. And somebody who I, I uh, forced to watch Buffy told me that, you know, it's, it's like season one of Buffy, where you told me not to stop watching, and I didn't, and I enjoyed it. So, so I have to watch more of it, and I'm sure eventually I will enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I think eventually, even even if the quality of something does, that's that's interesting actually, because you know Roy and I started watching uh, that Stargate, the first Stargate TV series, yeah. right? And then we watched an episode and we're like, man, that was dumb. And then we accidentally like turned the TV on and the, I mean, uh, whoa, I tripped and fell on the remote. <laughs> um, we turned the TV on again and there was another episode and we're like, boy, this sure is dumb. And we sat there making fun of it. And then by the third week, we were like, I wonder what happens next. Like, I, do you think that there are people who watch soap operas and don't understand that they're bad? Or, there or is there read, just a, a, there an appeal to the and, serial? I think there are people who read Twilight and don't understand that they're that it's bad. Yeah, that's a little different, though. I, I mean, like, getting invested in something that is just a really... a sort of a long and... Uh, not easy to consume single narrative arc 
Uh-huh. You know, because, I mean, I, like, I think Buffy has more in common with Doctor Who than it has with, with Twilight, certainly, right? Just in terms of, of its structure. Right. And, and more, more to do with a soap opera than with Twilight, I guess, is what I should say. Say so you have a, a soap opera that is equally bad in terms of writing to Twilight. Doctor Who is more like the soap opera than it is like Twilight. Right. Unless Twilight was like a series of romance novels that was ongoing like forever, right? But it, it are is she done or does she keep writing them? I think that series is done. She's already started another one about aliens living in people's bodies. Okay. Not like aliens just visiting the insides of people's bodies a little bit at a time. Like we all do sometimes. Oh yeah. Well no. Oh boy. Um so yeah, I don't know. I'm worried the thing that stops me from committing to uh giving Doctor Who a chance is that I don't think there's enough time left in my life for me to watch all of it. If I if I consider the old stuff to be part of it. Right. Um, and also, a lot of it just doesn't exist anymore, which is that that really agitates my sad bone. Right. The, a bunch of the early Doctor Who episodes just being gone because the BBC or whatever would tape over old shows. I mean, I, I think that only the new stuff was written with an eye towards making, like, building a continuity and continuing it. I may be wrong about that, but, like, you know, when they made the first Star Trek series, they weren't thinking about, like, people are going to be obsessed with this for their entire lives, and it needs to be internally consistent, and we're doing something important that's going to be around forever. Right. In a a way that, like, Next Generation, they already knew that it was a big deal. Right, so they had to, they probably, in the Next Generation, they had rules for not violating... Yeah, internal consistency. Although I think that excuse probably wore pretty thin by the end of the tenth or fifteenth year that Doctor Who was on originally, right. right? I mean, but I can imagine a time when you know, like there was a time when superhero movies were the cheap shit that Roger Corman would put out so that people didn't lose the rights to them, and it didn't occur to anybody that you could make a you know like Tim Burton Batman and make a shit ton of money, right? So like. I mean, at least that's the narrative I'm sticking with for why I'm not going to go back and watch all of the old Doctor Who. Like, I think it's it's okay to think of the 2005 reboot and on as, like, of a piece. Yeah. Kind of like the guy drinking out of the spittoon. Yeah. God. Um. <laughs> My dad told that joke from the pulpit once. I'm yeah, not sure wow. why. But my dad, my dad told that joke from anywhere, Ill. anywhere he ever stood. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it was just the first time I heard it. It kind of made me gag a little bit. Yeah, like, me, like it, the first it time kind I drank of a bottle. Still of makes me gag a little bit just thinking about it. Ugh. <laughs> did did your uh, did your dad also tell the did, did he did he use the if a frog had wings phrase? I don't think so. All right. Uh, how about uh, wish in one hand and shit in the other? No, we didn't get that one. Okay, because your dad would say wish in one hand and pray in the other. <laughs> See which one gets filled up first. Of course, the hand that you pray into. I think if he... He would probably have said wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which fills up first. Right. Uh, you know what never made sense to me about that phrase as a kid? Was 
the the tacit assumption that it was not possible for a hand to be full of wishes uh-huh. is I'm like, well, okay, I've wished something just now, and I have not shit over the course of this conversation. So right now, we're in an environment that is more wish-rich than shitful. I think that right? they were thinking, though, that you were going to wish for something to be put into that hand. No, I, yeah, I do. I do understand <laughs> but, uh, it. But I only just thought of that just now. I was always thinking about trying to fill a hand up with, like, wishes. Yeah, well, like, wish for some shit to appear in your left hand, and then shit in your right hand, and see which one fills up with shit first. Hmm. That but, doesn't flow off the tongue quite as well. And why would you ever do that? Well, sure, I mean, I don't want, I don't want either of those things. I didn't wish for shit, I wished that we could go see a different movie than we're going to right. see, or whatever. I we wish had, I had a Dengar action figure. We had if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. Okay. Did he continue then, if onions were watches, I'd wear one at my side? No, is that a thing, or did you just make that up? No, that's how that's how that continues. Huh, I, I didn't know there was a sequel. Uh, I think uh, I had some book of, like... Uh, there was something that I had as a kid that, that claimed to uh, sort of enumerate the, the provenance of a lot of those phrases, and yeah. so it just had a lot of... Because uh, they're kind of, I don't know, half nursery rhyme half aphorism right you know that often had multiple verses uh and i and i'm i don't know what that was i remember there being an illustration next to it uh that i can that i can see this sort of vague abstract silhouette of in my head without actually understanding what it was um but yeah i don't know i don't know what that book was that i had that had that in it but yeah if onions were watches i'd wear one at my side do you suppose that's where the Simpsons got the wearing an onion on your belt? I don't know. Maybe so. Interesting. Um, we're, we're digging I, deep today. I was at the uh, I was at Jan Outback Steakhouse eating dinner last night, and uh, there was a television on in the background. And a couple of things uh, were remarkable about this. Actually, three things that are remarkable. Um, one is that the Simpsons was on, and the Simpsons in high def, even from across a room is just kind of creepy yeah. and wrong. I, like, it, I, I, I know that this, experiencing this, is going to be one of those things that differentiates us from young, with it, hip kids in the future, right? It's going to be like, you know, saying, I really don't enjoy seeing all of that sportscaster's pimples right. is going to be the same as, like, the casual racism of our grandparents. Yeah. Um... No, I've seen, but, like, Blu-ray... A Blu-ray disc on a high-def television. Like, in Best Buy, they were showing up. And it just... It looked so wrong and ugly to me. I couldn't sit there and watch it. Like, why the fuck would you want that? I don't know. I don't notice it so much on movies, although I don't remember that I've ever actually seen a Blu-ray movie. I saw uh, at Frontalot's house, he, he was excited... Because he had gotten a full-size Blu-ray rip of Ratatouille uh-huh. uh, that we watched on his giant monitor, which I was so like bowled over by how amazing that movie was that I don't even really remember what anything looked like uh-huh. in it. Um, the the sentiment was was worth so much more of my cognitive space than the the visuals. Um, so so then there was uh, it was apparently an episode of The Simpsons where everybody has an iPhone, uh-huh. uh, which bothered me a little bit because. 
I don't feel like classic Simpsons resorted to that sort of topical gag. It was weird enough when Futurama did it. Um, and the third thing was that there's apparently a uh, primetime Napoleon Dynamite cartoon series now. Yeah, that just started. I care about that exactly as much as I cared about Napoleon Dynamite, the movie. Huh. I would not mind seeing an episode of it under circumstances where I could actually hear it, because there's no reason that it couldn't be good. Except you know? that the main character is so unlikable that he he's not a good, unlikable character. Yeah, I mean, I, who knows, right? If, if you're looking at a cartoon version of him that's doing crazy cartoon shit, that might entirely change the way that it comes across. I don't know. Oh, so that movie was less about the main character in a lot of ways than it was about all the all the supplemental characters, right? I never this saw one. it all the way through. Yeah. I saw like 10 minutes of it and it's like I cannot stand being in the same room as that guy anymore. And I, I feel the same way about it that a lot of people felt about Juno. Huh. Did you how did you feel about Juno? I really liked it, but when we showed it to a couple of our friends, they were just like that girl is so fucking annoying and I can't stand her so much that even though she's supposed to be like trying too hard to be cool because she's in an uncomfortable situation and so she comes across as annoying like even though she's meant to be that way she's too good I do not want to watch her anymore and my annoying meter must be I mean I think it is it is certainly evident evident from the way that I comport myself in public that my filter for what constitutes an annoying person is a little bit off kilter. Um, But I I don't know that I ever would have characterized the main character in Juno as being annoying. In in the same way that, like, say, any Jim Carrey character is annoying. Uh Right? Because that I I think that is, like, a deliberate uh, whereas I don't know that uh, you know, I guess some people probably find Michael Sarah annoying. I just think he's I think he's adorable I think he's the bee's knees do you think it's possible for me to describe something as the bee's knees without following it up by describing it as the cat's pajamas because I don't no I don't think so those two things go together like uh, honey and and uh, (laughs) and I shrunk honey and I shrunk the kids okay Uh, honey and nut cheerios Uh, Cheerio Uh, nuts is what the British man says every morning when he greets his nuts. Right. I was just thinking. Cheerio, hello or goodbye. I think, uh, guy who uses disgusting slang, what did you do to my Cheerios? Those are nut Cheerios now. Uh Most of us just use milk. (laughs) Remember the conversation we had in Dev where uh, you were still talking in, in, in couplets and I. I set up for what was supposed to be the sticking the Christmas tree up your butt line, right. uh, but but you followed it up with festooning it with your nut. <laughs> right. Ah, festoon, festoon is such a good way. It is such a good verb with uh, semen as the direct object. Yeah. I well, no, it's not the direct object. What what part of speech is that? I festooned her with my nut. Uh, that would be the indirect object. Her would be the direct object, I believe. Yeah, is it an indirect object, though? Like, I guess I showed her my balls. Right. Balls are the indirect object. With my nut, though, like, because it's a prepositional phrase, does that still is it still the indirect object? Yeah, because it's still... That phrase is then the object phrase? School okay. was a long time ago. Yeah. 
And I, although I did this in college, like the, I took the, I took a grammar class in the linguistics department, um, which was really fascinating. Actually, I enjoyed the shit out of like really learning how to diagram sentences. And yeah, learning, I enjoyed about, that learning too. about cases and stuff. Going deep into the structure of a complex sentence. Yeah, yeah because it's one thing. It, it's it's an entirely different thing if you are if you're if you're studying it because you're interested in it, where uh, uh, rather than studying it because you're being forced to do it. You know, yeah. it's like a, this. We're going to diagram sentences and learn how to diagram sentences as an exploration of the rules of this fucking fascinating and richly historied language that we all share as opposed to like you need to learn this because you're going to be tested on it later and if you don't pass the test we'll hold you back and you'll have to do it again after a year I don't know for whatever reason me paying for college made it feel like a thing that I wanted to do rather than grade school which always just felt like a thing that I wish would be over so I could play video games Hmm. or you know run around in the woods I don't know. You want to take a break uh, so that I can get a new beer and I can piss again and then we can uh, have a clean break where we start answering the questions about our Kingdom of Loathing video game? That sounds fantastic. We'll be um, just right about 15 minutes. And we're back. Hey. Hey. All right, I got a fresh beer ready to lubricate my throat for reading all of these questions from all of the kids. Uh, All the little kids with our pumped up kicks. Uh, Stethrail wrote, I, I think I read this on the show with Riff, but let's see what you think. Uh, Stethrail writes, will the two mystery familiars for a year always be thematically linked? Um, do you see that as a thing that we would stick to, or a thing that we would not necessarily stick to? It seems like it would be an easy thing to do, since the spleen familiar is anything we want it to be, and just drops a thing that can be anything we want it to be. Yeah. So, I, I see no reason why not. I... I don't know if we'll come up with an idea that's as sweeping as having the like the fight text be all in couplets or, or some shit, but I can see at least some kind of link between them. Yeah, yeah. I guess it kind of depends, too, on what... I mean, what else would there have been? Because this was a little weird. It was a little unusual in that it was a very broad theme for the content familiar. Right. Too, right? Like, so... I mean... Uh, you know, sandworm. We could have also done a one of those uh, sand flukes from the later Dune books. And the way that it gave you spleen was by turning you into a sort of a quasi-immortal Shai Hulud human hybrid. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think I've only read the one Dune book. Just the first one. Yeah. Good. Good. That was the right place to stop. Uh, Deathspank says, will you guys resurrect PvP anytime in the future? Possibly, maybe. Probably Bjork. Possibly, maybe. Probably Stuff. Uh, I don't know where the Bjork... There's a Bjork song that's possibly, maybe, probably Love. Oh, okay. Not It's So So Quiet. Uh, it's So So Quiet uh, in my heart when I think about PvP. Um, that thread went south. I, I d- did a bad job in that thread. I was I was mean to people, and I sounded petty, and I'm ashamed of myself. Um, but the thread turned into some legitimate conversation after all of the all of the horseradish 
I remember uh, you were uh, earlier last week, earlier so so much earlier in this week that it was last week. You were a little bit annoyed to find that that annoying thread had actually caused us to start thinking and talking about PvP. But it seems like the, <coughs> yeah. those Although conversations don't, don't hit the crap. same wall. That we yeah, yeah I mean, it always does. It always does, right? Uh, uh, you know, it is. Here's here's the problem with with PvP in Kingdom of Loathing. I do not really understand PvP. Um, you know, as a concept. Uh, say again. As a like a general concept. As as a. Uh, as a thing to uh, all right so like game design is a sort of like manipulation of motivations i guess and uh, the motivations that lead somebody to pvp in an mmo like to pvp in any kind of a, a role-playing game with with character progression and and you know gearing up and stuff like that is i don't i don't know what it is that people want out of it that makes them happy and so my conception of it is always a thing that is like, all right, well, what would make me happy? And what would make me happy is like, ah, oh, well, I, you know, I don't really want to hurt anybody or for anybody to hurt me, you know, which is then not what makes the... I, I think that there is, there is a kind of a false dichotomy thing going on where clubs and pvp are not as maybe it's a false equivalence where clubs and pvp are not as inextricable as as all that um i i think that so so the 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 revamped system and the way that i conceive of it is not going to make pvp people happy um which which is is a you know i i think that it would be if it could ever get Balanced to the point where it was actually fun to play, um, which you know there, there are there are hundreds and hundreds of hours of work in into this system, right? There's just a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that I really like about it, but there are also a lot of just kind of broken, unfun things about it. And part of it has been uh, I I have maybe been a little too precious with some of the things that I wanted to be true about it, and. Also, I don't... Eh, I don't know. Working on PvP stuff for Word Realms has made me think about it in a lot, in a, in a very different light, sort of. Okay. Um, and I don't want to think of this revamp as a thing where we can afford to just, like, start over and sh shift gears completely again, but realistically, it needs to be in that state. You know, like, I... I we can't get so married to our ideas that we put them out even when they're not great. Right. You know, and, and I think there's, there's some inertia. It took one kind of, all right, I'm no longer trying to stick to the initial assumptions that we were trying to stick to when we started working on this. And so let's start over and see where we get. And where we got was like largely the same spot. Um, I don't know. You know, it, it, I would, I would rather not release it than release it and it not be good, certainly, and that's a thing. Um, you know, that thread did get us talking about it, but in a way, 
it got us talking about it and, and provided an opportunity for C.D. Moyer to say, you know, like maybe there's just like a reason that we're not finishing this. And maybe that reason is that Jick doesn't really have a boner for it. Right. You know, and it's like it's like uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro said in that uh, recent episode of the Irrational uh, Behavior podcast that he was on. It's hard to fuck when you don't have a boner. Yes. That's kind of what <clears throat> it sounded like. He also um, said, I have to do what is best for Tijuana. Yeah. Um, you know what would be awesome? Oh, wait, that wasn't Guillermo de- del Toro. That was Benicio del Toro. Uh, you know what would be awesome is a roundtable discussion between Guillermo del Toro, Benicio del Toro, and Danny Trejo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where Because I can't... I Like, those guys are going to have so little in common between them. You know, they, like, movies, right? They all either make or act in movies. Right. Right. So they could talk about movies, I guess. That maybe they all enjoyed from dusk till dawn. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I know people really want PvP, and people really, you know, <sighs> I see a lot of MMOs suffer as a result of feeling like they have to include PvP, or rather, I. My primary exposure to PvP in World of Warcraft is like some sort of bewilderment and total failure, followed by every other exposure I've ever seen to it being people bitching about it. Right. Right? Like, I never... Whereas I will see people saying things that are awesome about, you know, a raid in World of Warcraft or a, a you know, they're leveling up their guy or whatever. It seems like PvP only generates hate. Huh. And it for me, PvP in MMOs that I've played has always actually only had a negative impact on my my play of the game because it's like, alright, well, I log on after a new patch and a bunch of my shit that used to be awesome isn't awesome anymore because it was overpowered in PvP. And I say, but I'm not PvPing. I just want, you know, I want to kill skeletons with this thing, and now, because it was too good, if I was using it against, you know, some some alliance d- dwarf paladin or whatever, I can't use it to kill these skeletons? Because that doesn't seem like a good balance decision, you know? Like, right. why was I killing skeletons too hard? Was I, was I too awesome at killing your skeletons and you had to... You had to weaken this ability or just make it not work the same way anymore? And and so, you know, there, there's either that or there's like the, okay, well, let's just make every ability work totally differently if it's against a person than if it's against a, a monster, which I think is fine and probably the way to go. Um, you know, I'm trying to play more PvP in the Old Republic so that I can see what the kind of current evolution of that system looks like. And so that I can see people while they're doing it and see if people are having a good time. Like, the chat, when I'm playing Star Wars The Old Republic, just out in the world doing quests and stuff, is like maybe half complaining about stuff and half just chatter and questions about what's going on. The talk in a PvP match is half how the game is unfair and this is bullshit, and something that the other player did is totally overpowered, or it's half about, 
wow, I got put on a team full of a bunch of shitty retards, and that's why I'm losing, because you guys are a bunch of dumb, shitty retards who, who don't know how to play this game. Right, as opposed to... Uh, yeah, I still don't exactly get it. I'm kind of having fun. Like, there are moments when I'm like, ah, yeah, me and this other guy just ganged up on this dude that killed us earlier, and we killed him. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. you go, but what did we really accomplish in the grand scheme of things? Well, what does anybody ever accomplish in the grand scheme of things, you know? I mean, it's all about, you know, it's a video game, so it's all about having fun, right? Sure. So, like, figuring out the mechanisms by which somebody has fun in a PvP scenario is, is uh, if nothing else, it would be kind of instructive, right? It's a skill set that I wish that I had. And I, and I think that I could probably design a game that one person played against another person that didn't that that was fun and playable as long as it didn't have to take progression into account right as long as everybody as long as it was like kind of it was either symmetric or predictably asymmetric in terms of like you know i could imagine designing a fighting game right and it's like you're not always playing ken versus ken or whatever but you're never playing like a level 10 ken against a level 2 chun li right Right, where the level 10 Ken is accustomed to doing 10 times as much damage as he did at level 1. Or whatever. Um, so, you know, somewhere in here is the seed of a thing that is releasable and will be fun, but we can't, like, force it, you know? it. it people don't like to hear this, but it, it, it... Doing the kind of stuff that we do, especially because we're a small shop and there's no... There's not a really... There is not this, like, process distinction of months of, of work between the creative people and the people who are actually doing the implementation, right? Like, the, it, it, it's all being done on the fly, which allows us to have this really rapid development cycle, but it also means that, like, we talk about stuff that normally wouldn't make it outside of a boardroom. You know, the fact that you guys know that there is a PvP revamp in the works is why you really want to see some progress on there. But, like, yeah, it's it's frustrating because it's, like, it's a thing that both makes our jobs easy because it makes people like us and it makes people support us and it makes people trust us and believe in us, you know? So we, our, our forums are an order of magnitude better than, than another game's forums because people, you know, think of us as people, but that transparent, you know, we also suffer all of the downsides of that transparency that are, that are the reason that most companies don't do it. And, you know, um, all this complaining about uh, about not not seeing any progress on PvP has gotten me pretty enthusiastic about working on the C. All right. Um, I got a bunch done on the McLarge Huge revamp too. Hey, nice. I made myself a little chart, and I want to make meaningful progress in three areas uh, every day this week. And today, I put two happy faces and one slanty mouth face in a different color because I wasn't real satisfied. I was not really confident calling the progress that I made on the C today specifically meaningful. <laughs> um, meaningful progress on two other fronts, though. So, woo! Uh, Dodge Son says, will the base functionality of the two mystery familiars change from year to year? I.e., will the content familiar always be a fairy con, or might it be a volley con next year? 
I don't know. I don't feel too strongly about that. Yeah, maybe we'll reverse those next time. Just to keep you on your toes. And to keep people from going, well, this is pretty much the same thing as the last one, only it's a little bit better. So really, you should be giving something extra to the people who bought it last time. Uh-huh. You know, I was surprised that there was very little of that when with this new setup. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, you know... That people didn't Taking go, care what to make sure that it was awesome enough is always going to be good in terms of, you know. But it it adds a spoonful of sugar to even the perfectly acceptable sandwich that some people will still manage to complain about. Right. Um, I don't know what kind of sandwich it is that would benefit from a spoonful of sugar. Maybe a uh, like a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Yeah. Do you think sugar would? I don't know if it, it wouldn't be a detriment, I don't think. Uh, Linguini Lad writes, It would be cool if all the gear you can earn for beating all the game grid games became an outfit. Eh, it'd be cool if a lot of things were an outfit, but there's no need for them to be. Right. Um, those things aren't really that thematically linked, right? Like, they're, they're, they're not like five things that share something in common other than coming from a video game. Starwood says, there are indeed WebSockets in HTML5. Check out Socket.io for a compatibility library that works in any browser. Here's a hilarious story about me checking out Socket.io. I did a Google search for Socket.io, and I went to the website. Uh, I went to the website where they, they uh, distribute and explain how Socket.io works, and I clicked on the link that said Browser Compatibility, and nothing happened. And I tried it at home and at the office. So somehow... In trying to produce a product that is, uh, is, is you know, claims to have uh, cross-browser compatibility for every browser, they managed to break links. Like, a link. Like, clicking a link to go to a web page is something that this website did not manage to support in the browser that I was using. Huh. Um, so, I'm not bristling with confidence in that library. I'm sure it's great, so long as XYZ things that seem perfectly reasonable to some Linux asshole. But, you know. Browser compatibility is a real thing that you have to deal with, and you can't just hand wave it and say, whatever, just upgrade your browser. Right? Because what you're actually doing is just hand waving and saying, whatever, I don't care about a big portion of my customer base. Yeah. It is still, it, it is so weird to me to get off the the reservation or the plantation or whatever and see how many people still use Internet Explorer at all. Yeah. Because to me, it was just like, oh, fuck yeah, viable alternative, I will leap to that immediately. And then, ooh, an even better alternative, I'm there. I still, man, there's still some bullshit that... I, I've, it's gotten to the point where some of the internal tools for Word Realm stuff, I have to use Chrome. Uh-huh. And every time I think, you know, maybe I'll just start using Chrome instead of Firefox... It just does some crazy bullshit with, with like, the simplest thing. Ugh. You know, it's like, if you have a drop-down with 500 items in it, which, you know, this is not maybe, like, you know, maybe it's like UI Design 101, right? You don't give that to people. But if it's, like, an internal tool, there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to have a drop-down with, like, all 1,000 effects in it or whatever, on our back-end tools, right? Because we're, this isn't something we're presenting to people. This is a thing that we're using. But it's like, oh, well, this drops down, and because the list is really big, it goes off the screen, and you just can't select anything that you can't see. 
Huh. <coughs> I don't fucking know, man. I've had, yeah, I've just had zero problems with Chrome. Yeah, I think you started using it a little bit later than I, like, KOL was completely unplayable in the first couple of versions of Chrome. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, like, I tried it and fled from it at that point. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Psyche says, I was at the gym running and listening to your show when you made the Van Helsing joke, which made me laugh, which messed up my breathing, which gave me a side ache. Could you have warnings before the funniest parts of your show, please, so that that doesn't happen again? On the on the Thursday shows, it's easy because I just look at Riff's uh, waveform and see where the spikes are because I know that's where Riff laughed. Right. And then that's that's where the highlights are. So I guess I could edit in myself saying, warning, funny thing coming. Uh, Ham Salad Sandwich says, why did the repetition filter get removed? It was never in slash Hobopolis, the only place where it would be annoying, and it did a really good job of preventing spam. Also, it prevented misfires when shift up chat commanding. Yeah, so the misfires when shift up chat command, um, that is, I feel you there. Um, in fact, I I do that so often that I have taken to using all of my chat commands in clan, yeah. uh, so that the misfire won't be a big deal. Um, I felt that it was no longer needed, right? I don't think that it actually does a good job of preventing spam. It does a good job of preventing a kind of lazy spam that it is trivial to get around. Right? It's like one extra keystroke to make it not trigger. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm answering, I'm ending every one of these uh, little soliloquies with, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about anything. Rogue Cat says, will there be an option to get a notification that you got your new custom avatar instead of having it automatically changed when it's accepted? Yeah, you know, that process is really old and it it does not work the way that we would probably do it now. You know, we could just make it so you get a K-mail from, hey, it's the custom avatar fairy has brought you your custom avatar. Here you go, buddy. Right. And a link to where you go change it. Uh, what about making ghoul eggs throwables? I mean, using them on other players, not the throwable way they currently are. Also, custom tattoo form possibility, and that's all. Excellent game, pal. Keep making the other MMORPGs look like crap. Will do, buddy. Will do. Word. No custom tattoo form, because I hate drawing tattoos. Um, and no... I don't know. what what. Uh, give me a compelling use case for ghoul eggs being thrown at other players. Give us like something you just that want to be able to do that's, someone. that's significantly rape-like. Oh, right, right. Because, I mean, like rape, you end up with egg on your face. Hmm. Uh, cards says, what would your opinion be of a card game involving KOL, such as these cards? And then he links to a picture of some cards. Uh, those cards look cool. Uh, I mean, they look like two cards. Like, that does not yet look like a game. It looks like some stuff from a theoretical game. Right. So make, make the game, and then I'll tell you whether I think it's cool or not. Uh, Twillow says, any progress on burning down the tower? It's a pile of poop, and it would be super cool if you could skip ahead to revamp it. Now, see, describing our work as a pile of poop is just the kind of constructive criticism we should encourage. Yep. It, uh, it makes us stronger. It makes us want to work on stuff that's not the thing you're complaining about. Yeah. Well, I mean... The quest revamps, I am pretty committed to the idea of doing them in order. Right. I have no idea why. It just seems... Re- like, it seems like a reasonable jumping-off point for deciding how to do them. 
but it certainly doesn't seem like dogma, and yet that's how I'm treating it. Speaking of giant piles of poop, did you know that our buddy Nightmare was responsible for wrangling the giant pile of poop in the movie Dogma? I knew that, somehow. It all comes full circle. Is Unholy God as, says... Is he not credited as Poop Wrangler on that film? Uh, fecal Effects Wrangler. Ah. Oh. Unholy God writes, What went into planning the Kingdom of Loathing, and is there anything you'd change from when you started? <laughs> planning! planning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was... I'm sorry about that fake laugh. That was creepy. <laughs> that sounded kind of Jewy. That was like a Jewy laugh. Like a flink. Professor Frank. Professor Flinkle. Um, Flinkle, Flinkle, uh, who I I should announce, if I haven't already announced this on the radio, is my new BFF for uh, finally identifying a snatch of music that I had for years been trying to identify. I think we did talk about this already. But I would just like to reiterate, thanks again, new BFF Flinkle. Uh, I said snatch. Hatchman says, Jacob Scully, thank you so much for making old Challenge Pass available for play after they expire. Well, you're welcome, buddy. Um, we decided that that was the best thing to do because that way we could put cool stuff in the challenge pads. Not that we did uh, anything like this, but like if we wanted there to be like a familiar that you could only get in a challenge path, um, we would be able to do that without fearing that people would get upset because they would be like, oh, where'd you get that? Oh, I got it from, from uh, doing a run in this expired challenge path that you can't get to anymore. So suck it, you jerk. You can't have one. Darth Vidar says, Dark Grey Cat to replace Black Cat for Bees Hate You? That isn't necessary. <laughs> Feneldar says, Scully, did you get that thing I sent you? Feneldar sent me a thing? Not Feneldar, Felgod. What the fuck? Why did I say Feneldar? <laughs> I did. I got a postcard from Felgod. Yeah? Did it have a excellent. sweet, like a zombie movie picture on it? It had a picture of uh, an old cover of a Thor comic book. Okay. And that was pretty cool. And he said, thank you for the comic book, and that was pretty cool, and everything is pretty cool. And did you say, that's ironic, because I'm Thor from sending out all these comic books myself. I have, like, too many envelopes in my tongue, it's Thor. Oh, speaking of the comic book, it is now in a physical comic shop. So nice! Cool. I went down I saw that to, posted to the tweeters. I went down to the source, and uh, everything tasted so much better coming from there. And they, uh... They they actually they're super friendly to comic book people, like indie comic guys. Like they buy the books up front instead huh. of just like taking them on consignment, you know. Yeah. So he just paid me cash dollars for them and said he'd set them up. He also said that uh, people have been coming in and asking about it, and that several of the people who play one of their like weekly pen and paper games have been talking about it. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Did you ever, have you got your box yet? Yes, that okay. showed up. Um, it was there. Uh, well, I went into the office on Saturday and it was there. So I don't know when it actually arrived, but it is there. Um, I gave one to Hot Stuff to take a photograph of to put in the store. So we were probably going to do that tomorrow, I'm guessing. Cool. And I think we're set up to, I mean, we're set up to send out PDFs. We just need a system whereby people can buy them. Oh, uh, yeah. Are we actually selling just digital copies? I thought that we should. Do like a two bucks for the PDF and then five bucks shipped for the comic and have the PDF be included. 
Okay. As a, as that, the, the PDF being included is is pretty easy because all we have to do is give them a you know because we, we already have an email address from the order. If we if people are just buying the PDF though, they're going to expect instantaneous fulfillment on that, and we do not have anything in place for that right um, now. So that's a little trickier. I think. Um, I think if we can like post a ping or something when that happens that it would be pretty quick unless it's the middle of the night and then it would be like the next morning yeah I mean if we could if we could post a ping we could just make the thing available automatically right right it, it's the the thing is that with the store we don't get we don't get a like a, a ring back from PayPal with the shopping card thing, right? It right. just there's like an email that comes in and that's how the orders get processed. It's possible that we it's possible that there's a better way to do that or at least a different way to do that because I mean that's the thing. Even even having it notify us when that happens, it like when somebody places an order from the store, there isn't anything that happens except that an email gets sent to an email address. Right. So if we like wrote a bot to answer or to, you know, to listen to the email that comes into there, which I'm not even positive that we can because it's like a Gmail account. Anyway, if we could notify us about it, we could just generate the link for them to download it and email it back to them. Gotcha. Um, and it, it is the, it is the, it's not that it's impossible. It's just that it's not something that we can currently do. Right. Um, so we need to think about how that's going to work. But uh, I think anybody, for starters, we just put the book in the store, and anybody who buys it can just also get a digital copy. Yeah. Um, and I'll make it so customer service can do that. Uh, <clears throat> Nicodemus writes, "Hey, gang." Is there a way to bribe you to reconsider the Karma Awards? Retroactive, of course, you discussed before for 100% familiar runs. Thanks in advance. Actually, he says TIA, which means maybe he's calling me his aunt. Uh, Nicodemus, I'm not your aunt. Um, I'm a male, and I don't have any siblings. That I know of. Oh, See, the problem with giving Karma Awards for 100% familiar runs is that I don't want to give the... I don't want to suddenly just dump a whole bunch of karma on people who've done them retroactively, but I also don't want to, them to feel like they've been ripped off. So the safest thing is to do nothing. That's the safest thing. That's always the safest thing, unless you're on fire. Then the safest thing is to stop, drop, and boogie. Yeah. Um, Clalibus says, perhaps a command to equip all familiar-specific gear to its constituent familiar, or even one at a time, rather than having to cross-reference every single ascension. I feel like the that familiar equipping page is not... It, like, that makes it way less cumbersome than actually going into your inventory and having to equip each one. Like, I don't think you have to... You don't have to keep track of what familiar wears each equipment. Or, like, what familiar each piece of equipment goes to. That might be one of those links, though, that people just... I don't remember what it was. It was something about the custom outfit, like, manage custom outfits or something, where there was that link that said manage custom outfits, and everybody was like, can we please have a link to manage custom outfits? And I was like, there is one right there. And they say, oh, weird, I didn't see that at all. Like, I think there is something about the way that we can arrange UI elements that just makes some of them invisible. 
Uh-huh. Like the number of people who still ask for the, can we get a script to, or can we get a thing to multi-feed things to the slimeling or to the ghost or whatever, and that thing has existed for years. Sorry. And there's a link to it right there where you would ex- exactly where you would expect it to be, at least if you were me. Um, but people just don't see it. So where are you saying that there's a link to equip things onto your familiar? There in you, if you go into the, let's see, I don't have a familiar. There is. Because I, I saw that question and went, oh god, yes. No, it says familiar equipment, and then you're just saying that you want to do all of them at once. So from the familiar equipment in the inventory? No, if you go to your terrarium. Okay. There is the there is the form there that says familiar equipment, and then there's a drop down with all of your familiars, and then when right. you select one, it populates a drop down with the things that that familiar can equip. Underneath it, and then there's a button to equip it. Right. So it's not. I'm not saying that that's the greatest thing in the world, but it is not like. You don't have to remember what thing goes on every familiar. Like, that form does it for you. Well, no, this form provides you with a link to every piece of equipment that you have, and then all the hats and all the pants and all the one-handed weapons. Is that really true? Yeah, like, if I look at something that I have the equipment for and select it, it doesn't pop that up to the top. It just gives me a list of all of the... Oh wow, that is not how I expected that thing to work at all. Because no, if it worked the way that you that you said it works, then that would be fantastic. Oh okay, wow, this is terrible. I can't believe that I ever approved this. Yeah, it just yeah. is a list of all the equipment ordered by uh, ordered alphabetically. I mean, it's weird that it that it grays out the ones that you can't equip because it's like say a hat, right? And it's not on the hat rack, but it doesn't gray out the ones that you can't equip because it's. Uh, not for that familiar. Yeah, wow. That that uh, little interface there could really use some love. That is not how I thought that worked at all. And I just have just never used it. Clearly. Yeah, that would be total tits if you could just select one and then have it only show you the things that it can't equip. When, when did you start describing things as tits? Who did oh, you pick that up from? A long time ago. Mm. Long, long time ago. I don't know. I, I, it, it would be tits. Because otherwise, it's always it'll be awesome, and after too many awesomes, I start feeling like a bro. Really? Yeah. Is awesome is awesome a bro thing? Ah, d- d- dude, awesome. Well, dude, it, bro. yeah, it becomes awesome, and I just realized I've described like twelve different things of different levels of being awesome as awesome. Have you considered yeah. that maybe you're just too exuberant about things? Maybe. Like I, every time I want to describe something as that's great, I say it's awesome. But I think I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm miserly with that praise. Right. I'm, I'm niggardly with my enthusiasm. You are. <clears throat> Lord Cass says, are you planning on doing anything to protest SOPA? Or do you just not care much about it? I don't care much about it. Um, it seems like everybody else. I just lazy webbed my protest. I'm annoyed that we're not going to be able to use Wikipedia on that day. <laughs> but not annoyed enough to make a totally ineffectual call to my congressman. I think I think that it is a decent idea to call or write a letter to your congressperson. I actually wrote to my guys and said, listen, this is some bullshit. I mean, fully understanding that the reason people are starting to turn around on it is because people with giant buckets of money like Google and Microsoft are opposed to it, not because I called them. But, you know, made me feel better. I just thought, like, 
in a in a world where like Reddit and Wikipedia and like the Cheeseburger Network are doing a protest, we don't really need to. Like compared to them, we are fairly small potatoes. Yeah, and I mean, I so Sopa is a good. Uh, it, it, it's a good uh, example of my just general disillusionment with everything. Like to me, it seems like everything that Congress does is so far removed from the rational or meaningful as as to just be like it's like some crazy absurdist art student film about a thing huh and and that like it doesn't do any good to point out hey this thing that you're talking about doing doesn't make any sense at all because nothing that they've ever done has ever made any sense at all it's like well yes of course not we're congress like you know we have a zero percent approval rating of our constituents so we'll be sure to take our constituents opinions into consideration when we make any decisions like it just doesn't i cannot imagine a way in which i could get i could meaningfully get any politician's attention even as a member of a mob yeah you know and and also it's like sopa is so crazy that i don't believe that it's actually like they're saying, okay, well, so this is a thing that if it passes, Google will shut down. But, like, no, they fucking won't. Right? Like, if it gets to the point where they're about to shut Google down, clearer heads will prevail and they won't shut Google down. Is is what I firmly believe, right? Because, you know, we, we, didn't, need their, we didn't need their help getting it set up. Everything okay? Yeah, my keyboard just fell on my lap. <laughs> so, no. kind of pushed some buttons. Yeah, but then, like... A lot of the time when I hear that sound, it means we've lost the streams. Right. Oh, and there, C.D. Moyer, we talked about talked about the audio. But I think if it got to the point where Google had to go away, then that would happen. But I could see Reddit going away and Reddit being a small enough percentage of the population that nobody gives a rat's ass. I and mean, does be, Reddit go away or does Reddit thing. move to one of a number of overseas servers, you know... I mean, everybody figures out, okay, well, all you have to do is use European DNS servers, and then, like, I just... It's like they are... They are scrambling to... to put a bunch of eggs back together. You know? And it's... It, 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 it's not possible. And nothing that they do in the, in the course of that... I mean, I guess that's the problem, right? When somebody scrambles to put eggs back together, every once in a while they step on an entire anthill and all of those ants are sad that their brothers died for no good reason yeah i mean scrambling to keep shit together sometimes they make things very difficult and unpleasant for the rest of us and that's like i think the reason why this got such a high level of protest is that you know maybe not everybody believes that the internet will cease to exist but it is just kind of like a really clear-cut example of people with a lot of money just fucking you up the ass dry but in a way I think that, it, that that you don't often see where you can go like oh there is absolutely no upside of this for any of us like dipshits here on the ground this is just clearly 
trying to protect somebody else's shit who already has millions of dollars and fucking us in the process. Yeah. Can you can you think of a time when anything that Congress has done in our lifetime has had any impact at all on your life? TSA. I mean, I mean Oh, uh, okay. No, 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 no. Okay, fair enough. I mean, th- so they uh, they have been able to produce a bunch of annoyance, I guess. All right, well, if you're say like Bradley Manning, the Patriot Act is inconvenient to you. Well, sure. I mean, if you're somebody who's like, if you're somebody who's been detained as a terrorist under laws that allow the government to do that, that's inconvenient to you. Like, it's not likely that that's going to happen to us, but now it's possible. Well, right. But I mean, I mean, maybe that's why people, uh, you know. I, I don't seem to remember the Patriot Act generating as much outrage on the internet as SOPA. Well, sure, because SOPA is directed at, like, it's stabbing at the black hornet's nest heart of the internet. Yeah. Uh, it's <clears throat> I don't know, man. I, it just, to me, it just seems like the expectation is that those in power are just going to fuck you at every turn, and the only way to win is just to ignore them. You know, uh, uh, conveniently, that is also very lazy, um, which suits me just fine. Right. But you know, it, it, just the idea of like, I remember, uh, I remember uh, my my local state representative uh, coming coming by. He was going door to door in my neighborhood, and he was just like, "Hey, just uh, wanted to make sure that you know that you've got somebody in the state legislature that has your interests. You as maybe somebody who's not doing so bad in these hard times. Your interests at heart." Like, okay, cool. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for coming by to tell me that the system still supports white guys that live in nice neighborhoods. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I am really happy to know that no matter who I vote for, you're going to be the guy that's fucking representing me at the only level of government that I'm ever going to have any face-to-face contact with. Right. Like, like, okay, yep. There, like, there goes the last shred of civic participation that I've ever cared about. Uh, you know, I, what I what I like to dedicate my life to is trying to uh, produce a balm for the injuries that the world is inflicting on on the kids that like their video games. You know, mm. like the government the government's fucking you. They're taking how much of your paycheck every time. What the fuck? And then they're just using it to buy guns for you know buy guns for other people to shoot us. What kind of sense does that make? And butter. Sometimes you know they what? buy butter. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, man. Disillusionment. I thought that uh, I thought you were supposed to get less disillusioned with government. I thought uh, dis disaffected youth was the thing, not like disaffected successful middle aged dudes. <laughs> but I've gotten more disaffected. The older yeah. I've gotten, you were way more affected back in the day. I think I've gotten uh, as I get more comfortable, I get I get more uh, disaffected because I'm you know I'm okay with the status quo. Like cool, way to go, government. Whatever you're doing that landed me where I am now, where I get to make video games for a living, keep doing that. I guess. <laughs> you know, do whatever the fuck you want because you're going to anyway. I mean, do whatever R.J. Reynolds and Nabisco want. 
Well, what they want is to make cereal that has nicotine in it. Yeah. Cigarillos. <laughs> I think they already have those. Uh, Lord Stefano says, we need a boss monster, Annie Lingus, with Freddy Krueger-like tongue tentacles. You have a very specific fetish, and I don't think I need to cater to that. <laughs> yeah, I think there are other websites where you can jerk off to that kind of thing. Um, now my lap says, I've loved the quest revamps, and I'm excited to see what you guys do with the next installment. Are you excited? I am, actually. Feel these nipples. I was, I was happy. I was happy when I was working on McLarge Huge today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I made myself a new toy uh, to work with. I mean, a new tool. Um... I am trying to make uh, the the entirety of the new Mount McLeod Huge quest without editing any code, um, and I'm failing because there are core features of this. Thing. But okay, so I'm trying to make this quest without having to edit any code that I have to edit for every quest in the future. Um, so I'm I'm having to do a lot of one-time things, but uh, I'm using a lot more generalized setup than in the past. So I'm sure it'll create all kinds of problems but whatever baby scarface says can we have the glass of warm water be a free pull from hanks oh sure why not yeah why don't i do that right now uh i'm gonna search for warm and see what comes up warm subject gift certificate warm mushroom rogue swarmer warm el vibrato drone enchanted hand warmer glass of warm water can be pulled from hanks for free commit changes done uh this is where i read the things that are on my screen even when they're not actually questions from people. Stanley says, Jick, what one song would you say summarizes your Radio KOL shows? And can I send each of you a script for a 30-second Cinco de Mayo promo? Sure, I'll record a script for a 30-second Cinco de Mayo promo. And also, what song would you say uh, summarizes this show, Mr. Skullhead? Uh, You know, I've been thinking about that all day, because I read all the questions well in advance, of course. And I, I think really the only song that really sums up the entire, our entire body of work, really, is Jesus Take the Wheel by Carrie Underwood. Okay. Isn't Carrie Underwood the uh, main character from Sex and the City? Uh, no, you're thinking of Carrie Nation. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I don't get it. Carrie Nation was the the lady who fought to get prohibition passed in the 19 whatevers. Oh, is that why you wear a carnation if you want to get into a speakeasy? Yeah. <clears throat> they were not without they were not without their sense of irony. Uh, Linguini Lad says, what questions do you guys read more often? Radio, Bugbear, Twitter, or the forum thread? <clears throat> also, whatever happened to the voicemails? You got tired of listening to them? No, hardly anybody ever left one. Um, and so I just stopped pimping it. Um, I haven't checked it in a while. There might There might be some in there. But even with Advice Hot Dog, like, we maybe once every six weeks, we have in, like, a handful of calls to uh, to make a, you know, a segment's worth of calls. And you don't play the audio, right? I don't think I've heard. Maybe I just haven't um, heard. Yeah, it. no, we play, on, on Advice Hot Dog, we play the call. We just do it very infrequently. I actually really like doing it. I wish all of the questions were like that. Uh-huh. Um, it just gives it just gives this whole different kind of energy when somebody's actually talking and you can respond to them. I I don't know why it feels the way it does, but it's I, I would much prefer for all of the questions that we have to come in as voicemails. Uh, I mean, it would suck to have to edit them. It would be nigh impossible for us to do it on this show. 
like we would have to we would have to really coordinate and like listen to the same voicemails at the same time independently and right. it'd be tough to I mean I guess you could play them and I would be able to hear them yeah maybe that wouldn't actually be tough <laughs> if you had the voicemails um I've been alternating back and forth between Radio Bugbear and the forum thread. I've sort of given up on asking for questions on Twitter. Um, I don't know why. It, it It's not like it didn't work. We always get three or four questions from people that we probably wouldn't have otherwise gotten questions from. Right. Do you want to answer a question from Twitter right now, right before we leave? Is there one? Yeah, uh, Vile von Lechfire says, Addis, I've been listening to some old radio shows. What is or was Fuzzle Faggot Ridge? Uh, that was the, the community <coughs> home that uh, Hot Stuff lived in in Boston. What was it actually called? Brambleberry? Yeah, Brambleberry Manor. <laughs> Remember, guys, that three or four years ago we could say Fuzzle Faggot Ridge and nobody would freak out. Uh, yeah, also, maybe a couple people would freak out. He also asked us if Xenophobe was much younger than the rest of the staff. W- was he at that <clears throat> he was a little bit. I feel like we were three or four years out of college, and he was just out of college. Yeah, he had he. We hired him right out of college, and I think I, we were probably what like twenty six. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So he's he's yeah maybe four or five years younger than even then because I guess Riff is our age. Yeah, yeah. So he was definitely the youngest. So there you go. We answered a question from Twitter. Nice. And on that note, I, I'm ready to say goodnight, everybody. You want to say goodnight, so everybody? So am I. All right. Say goodnight, Jack. <laughs>